0: Welcome to another episode of the Ramon Foster Show. I'm not DK again, Ramon. <laughs> we we promised we promised DK and we didn't deliver. Uh, we are we're brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market where everything is served up hot and fresh. Uh, I'm still trying to sip that coffee to keep me going, man. It is, I'm still recovering from the weekend with all this Penguin stuff. But uh, obviously, no DK today. Uh, DK is under the weather and uh, asked me to fill in again. So... Uh, For those in the comments section that were not okay with my Dan Marino takes (laughs) and my Antonio Brown takes, I apologize that you have to deal with me for a second day in a row. But Ramon, it's good to see you again, man. How's it going, buddy?
1: It is, man. And somebody, you had some slander from one of your friends yesterday, too. I don't even know if you were to call your friend. (laughs) They called a uh, what did say? DK little troll or whatever? The, lepre- <laughs> the the DK
0: Pittsburgh Sports Leprechaun. Yeah,
1: shout him. out
0: to Shout out to Tyler Weeks and uh, and and Smitty. Uh so yeah. Smitty is our, our social media guy and I didn't shout <laughs> him out for uh for the first segment idea that was his idea yesterday yeah. and so his co-host tyler weeks uh on around the 412 show uh he they kind of came at my neck last night so <laughs> i guess yeah. I, de- I guess i deserved it man i guess i deserved it but well
1: and zach got oh smitty that's smitty yeah that's smitty, smitty. that's smitty yeah <laughs> many threw tomatoes at you man I, man i know man i know man and and you know I- <laughs>
0: I, despite the red beard i'm italian so i mean i, <laughs> I love to i love tomatoes man
1: <laughs> uh,
0: you know hey you know who else uh the city of pittsburgh loves throwing tomatoes at ramon
1: oh, uh, to
0: <laughs> antonio brown and uh man it. look antonio <laughs> brown got on twitter yesterday and uh he he had to go out and say he said he wants to retire a stealer on twitter now mm-hmm. i guess he clarified said that he didn't want to come back and play. He just wanted to sign one of those one-day contracts and, and retire yeah. a Steeler. But it brought up a good conversation uh, on Twitter and you know, in the comments section and everything Ooh, that you were having. I and, and I say good conversation lightly because it kind of got a little crazy. <laughs> it did. But Steeler for Life, Yeah, you talked about that and you got some, uh, you got some pushback to you as a Steeler, as someone that was a Steeler for Life. What does that phrase mean to you? Because there's a lot of players. You brought up Rod Woodson, you know, yeah. as one of them who who went on and, and won a Super Bowl somewhere else, but I mean he's loved. He's universally loved in this city. Yeah. So why him and not Antonio Brown? What's your take as a former steeler who played in the NFL for, you know, what, 10, 11 years that was yeah. a Steeler for Life? What's your thoughts uh, on it?
1: And by the way, the conversation wasn't malicious or anything no, like that. No, I just not had at all. A, a real question, and it was a great discussion. And you can tell it was a bunch of emotions that came into it. I'll give a shout out to who who uh, you know I quote tweeted about it. Uh, I you know, and AB did it. I quote tweeted him and just said, Once the stiller always won, right? I was like, Remember that, don't go against it now. Hashtag stiller nation. And we had a guy <laughs> give credit to where he's <laughs> due, Ryan Marshall said, I'm not sure if that's his real name, but he's got black and gold in his uh handle. Right. And he's got far be it from me to argue with Moan. I appreciate the respect, back there. <laughs> you are entitled to your opinion. But he said, once you win a championship with and with other colors, I don't see you as ours no more. And that's where I went into the conversation. I said, well, that goes for Rod Woodson, too. I was like, just trying to see where we cross it off. Or Plax, or Larry Foot, Byron, Randall L., Emmanuel Sanders. And the list truly does go on to other players. It really I'm does, not, man. I'm not even sure as far as guys you know, in the 70s era that, you know, went to other teams or did something different or, Mm -hmm. you know, just as far as – I mean, me and Joe Green coached at other organizations also. But I was always taught by the city, by the coaches, by the front office, by everybody, once a stealer, always a stealer, no matter what.
0: That's how it was for me, man. Yeah, I mean, as a fan, it's once a stealer, always a stealer. You're always a part of the – you know –
1: yeah. And and I've met with teammates before. Rocky Boydman a the guy I have on my show here in in, in Nashville. And he's in the that area. I think he plays for the Bengals, play for the Titans also. But he was one of my teammates. He's a Steeler also. So I'm just naming, you know, just random names of guys that's walked in that locker room that I've bled with sweat, sweated with all those types of things. And I'm just like, well, when it comes to A.B., I know he's a very polarizing guy. I know he hit a bunch of people in the shins when it came down to what he had to say. Um, if you listen to Ryan Clark's The Pivot, shout out to RC, also another guy that's a stiller for life. Yep. He had AB on and they kind of hashed out their differences and stuff and like that. that. And that was a great,
0: that was a really great episode too, man. I watched that whole thing. That was a, I mean, shout out to that podcast. They're a great show and that was a great interview.
1: Mm-hmm. But the thing was, it got me with it when they got down to the nitty gritty of asking him, you know, who was your. Favorite quarterback. Who's your best quarterback? And AB indirectly answered it. Who did I eat with the best? It was Ben. And he said it in that. He was like, Ben and I probably had the best chemistry of everybody involved, including Tom. When asking who's his favorite quarterback, AB to me, I think made the business decision of going to chase the ring because in his mind, that's what justifies being great. He felt Tom and the teams that he was with allowed him to get to that point. Again, Time heals all, and I know forever the A.B. conversation, does he belong or does he not, is always going to be brought up, but I'm here to tell you in my personal opinion of it, and you can feel how you ever want to feel about it to Eddie and to anybody else. I'm always open for discussion, and we're always in the comments when it comes down to, you know, hashing stuff out. But A.B. is a stiller, It's where he spent most of his time at. It's where we as a group in this new era of, I'd, I'd probably say, one of the more exciting eras that we've had, I know we mm-hmm. didn't win the Super Bowl, but you can't say. You didn't walk into the stadium saying, damn it, this is our year. This is our game no matter who we were playing. And he played a big role in yes, that. Yes, he did. I mean, Mo, for me,
0: again, you know, we talked about this the first time I was on the show with you last Thursday about that offense and how fun that offense was to watch from a yeah. fan standpoint. And for me, Antonio Brown, and and this is no disrespect to, you know, Julio Jones and and all the other guys, you know, that, that were receivers in his you know, like his – his uh, contemporaries, yeah, his era, yeah, but he's the number one receiver at his era when you look at the numbers. I, I don't know how you argue against that when you yep. look at that. That sit what that five or six year period where him and Ben Roethlisberger were clicking and everything was working. Yep. I mean that he was. I mean triple teamed. Triple teamed and still catching 40, 50 yard touchdown passes. He was doing things that opened up everything else for the offense. It wasn't just that he was great. He was making everyone else around him great because of how good he was. And we saw that. Yeah, for me, I can't sit here and say that he's not a stealer for life because of all of the all of the joy and all of the excitement that he brought fans, I think we forget because of how it ended. We forget all of that, hundred percent. And and I think if if anybody was going to feel personal about it, if anybody was going to take some kind of you know uh, you know slight towards what Antonio Brown did, it should be his teammates. You know, from an yeah. outsider's perspective, because he's the one, or you guys are the ones he walked out on. But I'm here, and right. you say as one of his teammates that it's not personal. It was just business.
1: It wasn't personal. And I understood in the time being, yeah, it was just like, God, dog. But I say this as far as the importance of a. Antonio to Pittsburgh, you can't deny it at no, all. No, you can't. And There's I'll no say way. this as far as his personal life, fine. We've seen other guys go through personal stuff and still get in the Hall of Fame, too. Mm-hmm. But I've always categorized a guy that's going to make the Hall of Famous. You got to at least rule an era. And AB did. And, I'd and say did. three all pros, not Bowls. three all pros <laughs> and potentially five or more Pro Bowls is going to get you there because the, the All-Pros hold more. And for Antonio Brown, four first-team All-Pros, one second-team all Pro, seven Pro Bowls, two-time NFL receiving yards leader, two-time NFL receptions leader, again, quarterbacking uh, and wide receiver t- tandem, and also the 2018 receiving touchdown leader also. So to say that he didn't do all of those things while wearing black and gold, I yeah, think on, is man. very on, neglectful. And again, I'm a person, I understand the emotions of what he is, but the one thing that made me okay with what the tweet of him, I want to retire stiller is the fact that he's not trying to play. Right. If he's had that dose of reality that said to himself, I got to make this right. I need a home when it comes down to me and my football career and it lies in Pittsburgh. That's the same thing that Kevin Green, God rest his soul, did the exact same thing also.
0: Yep. And, you know, as a fan base, I'm all about you know, second chances and forgiving people. And then just, you know, at the end of the day, it's sports. And yeah, like like you said, he's got a bunch of personal stuff. But, you know, we're talking sports right now. We're talking football. And I I say, you know, I'm with you, man. Once a stealer, always a stealer. He wants to retire in black and gold. I'll be the first person to break out the 84 jersey and walk it over to him, man. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Um, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we've got more of the uh, Ramon Foster show right after this. All right, welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. You know, we've been talking about uh, Antonio Brown wanting to retire a Steeler, what it means to be once a Steeler, always a Steeler. Uh, and, and you brought up a good a, a good thing uh, in the break just now, Ramon. Um, you know, separating the athlete and the player from the actual person. And I feel like uh, fans sometimes, and I'm speaking from experience. Now we have yeah. a hard time doing that sometimes, and we're a little harsh on people. And and I'll give you before you get into what you want to talk about a perfect okay. example of that is the like we just got done with the penguins being in the NHL playoffs and everybody's got something to say about how these hockey players perform and then all of a sudden the day that the that the season ends and they it comes out like well so and so was playing on a broken foot and so and so was playing when, you know had a dislocated shoulder so and so had this so and so had that yeah. now all of a sudden you realize oh it what you know maybe it shouldn't have been as personal maybe you know we don't know the whole story and so from an athlete's perspective, from the guy that's been in the locker room, from the guy that's been, you know, that, that's probably had those things said about you at some point in time in your career. Um, how, why is it so important for fans and, you know, like the media, everybody involved to, to do a better job of separating the person uh, Ramon Foster or Antonio Brown or Ben Roethlisberger from the player on the field that we see every Sunday?
1: Because I, I'll say this, sometimes when you're in this industry of being a public figure, and I was a public figure, not a huge one, potentially, you know, but I, even in my experiences of of, of navigating that world, man, there, you got to pretty much have like three or four or ten different faces that you have to put mm-hmm. on in any apparent time. And I know the first thing that to come up with, that's what the money for. And I'll say that any time. But I've seen guys that were big time stars have to navigate some things that weren't pretty, um, right. the struggles to get to that point weren't nice. Um, and even while doing it, it is some bad stuff, even from the fan base that absolutely loves you. And, and, and as far as AB goes, everybody know his story or heard of his jo- journey into getting through life as an early adolescent, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. to get to that point, I remember specifically his rookie year before everything turned on, you know, he ended up picking Emmanuel Sanders over him as far as going to play one. He was just good at the time. You can't deny that. Yep. But that fire of, you know, AB inherited from being held back from not starting. I'll never forget the conversation we had before he actually friggin' took off in the, and we were in the sauna on the South side and he was frustrated, not playing at a point to where he was like, big bro, what, what, what am I doing wrong? And, you know, I, I just told him, man, keep working, keep going. I was like, because eventually the cream rises to the top, and when your opportunity right. comes, you gotta knock it off as hard as you can and never go back to it. And about pff, maybe four to six weeks later, he gets that opportunity, and then the 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 the, the legend of a B is born. <laughs> and not just that, man. The the and I think you can always look into the family dynamics, the trauma that a person kind of has, and why yeah. they act yeah. out a certain way. So I saw him go from Antonio to AB to now he's this. I've heard him say it on that RC uh, podcast. He's an, you know, he's trying to be an icon. He's trying to be an entertainer, right? And for God has come from that point to where I'll say this too: the fan base, your ego, uh, the back patterns, the the yes man, get you to a point in which you start to feel invincible. But the guy that I know, Antonio, was a humble dude, soft-spoken. Anytime I asked him to do something, he would. Now, I know he's had some situations where he may not have shown up to an autograph signing. But I'll tell you this. That world that you live in of being a superstar, I probably couldn't handle it. And I'll be honest with you. I probably wouldn't want it. Just simply because you got to be on. It would be times we would be going to the airport on Saturdays. Yeah. And we're at Antonio Brown's condo up on Mount Washington. Now, you couldn't miss the house. Everybody knew in Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown drove at Rolls Royce Thano right. outside of this place that we stayed at. We go over there, chill out. He have his chef cook for us. By the way, I never had an on-call chef. He did. But we go there, the chef will cook food for us before we went to the away games, okay? And it'd be a point, we'd be sitting out on this balcony just overlooking the city, a beautiful place. I don't know if he was renting it or if he bought it. Either way, it was a beautiful place. And let me tell you just about what... The I guess the stardom of the ego can do for you. We'd be out there pouncing, I would, and it'd be people just walking by trying to get a glimpse of Antonio Brown because they know he's in the house because the car is there. Now, I gotta ask a regular person, what would you do in that situation when it comes down to you handling what that entails? You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't saying it's excusable at all, Eddie. But that's a different lifestyle.
0: No, and, and see, that's the thing. And that's, that's the, the human side that I think a lot of us forget. Um, Oh, man. I mean, it starts, it starts from the very bottom. You know, like I I said this a couple of times, like I coach high school football and I got the, I got the pleasure of coaching Paris Ford, uh, ex, Mm -hmm. ex pit, uh, player. And I mean, just a wonderful, wonderful person. And, and you see like, how many like i remember we the uh, steel valley played brentwood high school okay yeah. uh for those of you in pittsburgh you know you know where these neighborhoods are two small neighborhoods munhall and mm-hmm. and, and brentwood and he had I little kids yeah he had little kids on the brentwood that were brentwood fans because we were away that game as a senior in high school wanting to take yeah. photos with him yeah Right. So this doesn't this this isn't a thing where like when you're when you're at the A, B level, when you're at that like superstar level, this starts in high school, man, where people they just want to be around you. And Mm -hmm. so you never have that personal time. You never have that personal space. When you're a pro, you're handed this lump sum of money that you probably have never seen before. And yeah. you, unless you have the right crowd around you, you don't know how to, to, to do you that can't. and navigate that. There's no way, man. And so, uh, you know, this is like life changing stuff that happens yeah. in the most formative years of these young guys lives. Mm-hmm. And then they're expected just to just handle it perfectly. And if they don't yeah. handle it perfectly, then, you know, they're, they're you these terrible. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and, I, I mean, like, I know I'm partly at fault because I'm a part of the media and a part of the a, a part of the fan bases. But I mean, like, there's got to be a degree of grace, and I don't want to get too too serious on, right. on this show. But there's got to be a, d- a degree of grace and like a degree of like patience with with these you know superstar athletes as they're trying to navigate this. And yeah, no. you're like you said, it doesn't excuse everything. No,
1: but it, it it's got to be you know there's so- got to be something there, you know. I had a similar situation like that. I was telling you we went to go see Joey Porter Junior. play football at yeah. what school is he at? Um, uh, North Catholic. North Catholic. North Catholic. And they yeah. were playing against a rival. I'm not sure if it was Pine Richland or whoever it was. They were playing somebody that night, and everybody was there. Me, Marquis. I think Alejandro was even there. Joey Porter was there himself. Okay, mm-hmm. every guy pretty much that was a starter because it was a big it was a big game for everybody yep. to be there. And lo and behold, we're in the stands, sitting chilling by ourselves, and I hear commotion at the gate. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And we're sitting around, and it was a cool night. It was like cold, maybe 40s. Okay. Yeah. Decent night in the fall for football. And out of nowhere, you see Antonio with the fur (laughs) fur coat on. Okay. And we're cold (laughs) in the stands. Okay. We're sitting down. The crowd follows him from the entrance. all the way up to where all the other players were and nobody was really bothering us. AB shows up, the crowd navigates like a flock of ants carrying a gumdrop, okay, Mm -hmm. up the stands. And when AB came up there and positioned himself around us, the space that we were in got warm. It got hot. (laughs) Because there was so many people around. Now, you mean to tell me in the crowd, you got Joey Porter. You got starters that's on the offense and defense. You got all kind of people that you recognize and know around the city of Pittsburgh. But as soon as Antonio Brown shows up, the crowd flocks. For any normal human being, it would trigger something in you to feel whether it's your importance. It's something that makes you feel above. Right, wrong, yeah. or indifferent, that's got to be hard to handle. And again, be, Eddie, you yeah. just said it. It's inexcusable, but the person is still in that box. And I think at those tweets right there when he said, I want to retire still, and for clarity, I don't want to play, just retire, I think the human aspect of the guy we know and love came out
0: i think so too for sure man this this is a conversation i think that needs to be had but they could be had this this is not a 10-minute conversation man like we i'm I'm sure (laughs) we could take a couple episodes talking about this you know uh but we do got to get to another break uh when we come back we'll have our hey moan segment as always uh question from one, one of you guys uh stay tuned we'll be right back Welcome back to the Ramon Foster show. This is our Hey, Moan segment. As always, questions from you guys. Uh, We've got one here from uh, somebody on YouTube named State of the Steelers who says, Hey, Moan, with the recent comment from Kenny Pickett referencing uh, Ben Roethlisberger calling him, do you think Big Ben has called Mason or Mitch since his retirement? Great show as always. Now, I'm going to preface this with there was a report all right. And and I, I say that it's just a report. There's I don't know that there's any truth to it or anything like that. But it's a reputable guy. Jerry Dulac uh, was asked a question that says, is there bad blood between the Steelers and Big Ben with how his career ended? Was he ready to retire or was it a Troy type situation where he was forced into it? Dulac responded. I would say it's very, very safe to assume that I believe there is some truth there. Um, oh, wow. So. Right. Now I, I don't, I I haven't heard anything of that. I, you know, Jerry Dulac's around the team. I, you know, so I, I, I'm not questioning, you know, Jerry Dulac's integrity or anything like that. Um, But it does beg the question, you know, there was always rumors that uh, Mason and Ben didn't have a great relationship. And so the fact that he called Kenny Pickett and had this, what's from Kenny Pickett's standpoint, a really good conversation with Kenny to me kind of puts to bed any rumors that there would be bad blood because why would he reach out to the rookie quarterback? That's, you know, basically his heir apparent. So, you know, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, you, I mean, you know, Jerry, you know, the organization, yeah. what, what's your thoughts on this? The phone call, yeah. the, the rumors, all of it. Like what what's, yeah. what's Ramon's take on all this?
1: Jerry's always great reputation at, at yeah. by itself, you know, and you mentioned his name. Yeah, he stands on it. So I, I won't question his report at all when it comes down to it. I'll, I'll just say this, you know, if he called uh, Kenny already, let me just be frank with you. One, Kenny's not a threat to him at all. You right. know what I'm he's saying? Retired. Like he's it's over runner. and done with, right. <laughs> it's over and done with. It's easy to be a mentor when it comes down to that and also being a first rounder coming in and having a couple of guys in combat already slated to either start or be ahead of you, Ben went through that maybe mm-hmm. he feels a certain type of way about this kid to be able to mentor him as opposed yeah. to Mason or somebody else. So And I'm sure he knew Kenny
0: Pickett as well with them being in the same facility for however many years. So, I mean, there's probably already a relationship.
1: Exactly. So, and the, and the other part is this. We talked about this last week when it came down to Tannehill versus Malik Willis. It's not mm-hmm. my job to mentor this guy while right. I'm also doing my job. Um, I think you got to put things into context when it comes down to him calling Kenny as him you know, having a strong relationship with Mason Rudolph, uh, at the end of the day. So I, I I'll say this, it's easier to mentor Kenny being out of the room, out of mm-hmm. the building, away from the franchise. Then it would have been to be, you know, uh, all the reports we've heard with Mason is they had a first round grade on him. he's mm-hmm. projected, you know, as far as the Steelers, um, scouting room as having a first round grade. So why would I honestly pour into him to take my job? So I, I know the good teammate aspect of that sounds bad, but when you're the starting quarterback, you're one of the 32 best in the world. Nobody currently in that position is trying to groom somebody else to take their position. So in defense of Ben versus Mason and the call and stuff like that, uh, as far as Ben Ben leaving on bad blood or bad terms, it, it could be an inkling. Maybe he didn't want to take the pay cut. You know what I'm saying? To stay around. If you were to ask me if there was one thing that really got him, and not even really got him, being a quarterback in this NFL Made a good chunk of change. Okay, he's
0: not, he's not hurting. I, I think he's, he's gonna. I think hurting. he's gonna be okay, man. I think he's gonna. It's gonna work out okay for him and his family.
1: Yeah. <laughs> to, 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 to succumb to that, if that was a one blip, I don't necessarily think that's bad blood. I'll say this: Ben got an opportunity to go out the way he wanted to. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, that walk around that he got at the stadium that last game, who did they end up beating? The Browns. <laughs> yeah. It was I, the team that could have and should have drafted them. Well, you, I mean, I thought that was a hell of a walk off.
0: I, yeah, and that's the thing, man. I, like I, I watch, You know, you watch the whole thing from last at the end of last season. You know, you, yeah. the, the game against the Browns, the 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 playoff game against the Chiefs, the um, the retirement uh, announcement and the video right. that went out. I, I didn't. Either he did a really good job of hiding that he was upset with the organization, or I, I just it just wasn't there. And maybe you know, I, again, I'm not on the inside like Jerry is. I, I I'm speculating, but yeah, it just it to me, I didn't see any of it. That's all I can say is I didn't see an ounce of it.
1: I didn't. Uh, yeah, you couldn't have told me that that was the case when um when that report was brought out. And I'll say this too, going into that last year, pull the curtain back a little bit. When Pounce retired, you know, I had a conversation with Ben about like, hey, he wanted Pounce there for his last ride. Also, and Pounce was just like, man, I'm, I'm you know what I'm saying? It was it was yeah. already done as far as Pounce's mentality and, and you know, surviving another right. camp and the beating on the body. Because that's the thing about offensive line is we don't have a choice but to go, B-fields go every single play. Mm-hmm. So to say that it was forced or Ben didn't know the end was coming or it was – you know, the end of it all, I think Ben was at a very good place when his last season came about. And I say this, I think he'd rather have been done. And I have to get him on this show, too. That's one I'm also promising to get on to at some point is uh, Ben to really talk about that last journey, yeah. the first start versus the last start in the regular season and be like, you were you were ready, you know, just to clear that up at some point. And I'm sure somebody else can get to him quicker. Well, maybe not quicker than this. I can text him <laughs> right now. But uh, as far as hearing the story of that, I can't. I don't think it's the same stories that we heard, you know, with Troy. And Troy kind of voiced that a little bit, too. Yeah. We didn't get that from Ben. But
0: I feel like even Troy, like over time, if you listen to his like his Hall of Fame speech, even Troy kind of like. You know, let bygones be bygones. Like of you know, course. he he doesn't seem like he's holding any grudges anymore. So, I mean, I think a lot of this. Again, we talked about this in the last segment about you know the media and fans kind of you know digging into things too much. I think this is just another thing of this something that was probably there that was small, like you said, that yeah. got overblown. That just that it just it's, got blown up into something that that it wasn't.
1: The negative press always grows yeah. a whole lot more legs than the positive. Yes,
0: it so. does. That's and you know what. That's exactly right. I'll I'll just leave it there. That, that's exactly right. That you know, when you get a negative something like that, it's either going to get people to lash out and be like, "No, there's no way that's true," or "Can you believe this is what's going on?" It's right. always going to get some kind of reaction for
1: sure. Not discrediting Jared, from my no, understanding. No, no, very no, no. good insider. Yeah, okay, it, so make
0: that very it, clear. Make that very clear for sure. It,
1: there may be some smoke there, but from my impression and talking to seven, the texts, the calls, he was good and at a good place
0: yeah and that's what it looked like from the outside looking in too so uh moan it's been fun again hopefully we'll get yes. dk back tomorrow hopefully he's feeling better um hope I we texted him it looks like he's sleeping so hopefully he's getting his rest <laughs> but slacking. uh I, I won't say i won't say who's hosting tomorrow we'll just say the ramon foster <laughs> show will be back on wednesday uh as always ramon it's been fun hanging out with you man no doubt Eddie. all right for ramon foster and dk pittsburgh sports i'm eddie provident we'll catch you later